April showers may bring May flowers. If you can water your lawn, that is. Numerous counties in Southern California being restricted to watering once a week. Severe drought expected throughout the summer into September. Millions going to be impacted. The Metropolitan Water District in Southern California announced this week that once a week restriction is now in place for a number of counties in California, citing an unprecedented three-year drought. It's unlike anything they've seen before. Homes may run out of water altogether if these measures aren't taken. Six million people will be affected by the restriction. California offering a rebate of $2 per square foot of grass replaced with water-efficient landscaping. So far, that's saved enough water for 60,000 homes. Conservation is important. The Lord put humans here to care for creation. But we don't stop there. We look ahead to the new creation in Jesus' name. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris coming to you from Chicago, where it doesn't seem like springtime yet. And we're going to get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus in a series called Rejoicing in Jesus. Philippians has more joy than any other book in all the Bible. Some people don't think it's that important, but here's why I think it is. Remember where Paul was when he wrote it? He wasn't a megachurch pastor enjoying leisurely time to craft sermons and write books. He wasn't writing this book from a place of peace. He was sitting in jail, in bonds, because of his message, which is really the message of Christ, that the Messiah had come, that he had saved his people once and for all, that his love had conquered the grave. He was there when he wrote this joy-packed letter, in the pit, In fact, Philippians is the only letter of Paul that we find him saying a specific phrase with his suffering in view. For I know. Stay with me to find out the importance of these three words in English, two of them in Greek, and how they lead us to Christ and to joy. And we'll be looking at the Christ hymn found in chapter 2 as well in these next few minutes. And speaking of chapter 2 in Philippians, all week we've been talking with the creator of the Sing the Bible series, Randall Goodgame. And he has a song on his second album that comes out of this same chapter. Randall, tell us about these verses and why you wrote the song. So the verse is Philippians 2, verses 14 through 16. It says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And I love this passage for kids because, I mean, and for parents, but, you know, grumbling and arguing happens a lot. It happens in my family among the kids. And Speak for yourself, Randall. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, it happens among it happens among adults too, of course. To all of us, we don't but, like to admit it, but yes, it does. Okay. Right. And and but Paul here gives us such a great picture of what happens when we do um, cling to what's true, cling to Jesus, remember the cross, because. When we don't argue and we don't grumble, then we shine like stars in the sky as we cling to the word of life, who is Christ. And who doesn't want to do that? Thanks, Randall. And I can't think of any better song to begin our time together today than the song you just set up for us. So let's open this haven today with a song called Stars 
that's coming out of Philippians chapter 2. Do, 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 do everything. Do, 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 do everything. Do, 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 do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you, 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 you may become. You, 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 you may become. You, you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Oh, you will shine among them like stars in the sky. As you hold firmly to the word of life. Na, 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 na. to do everything without grumbling, a song that every child as well as adult needs to know in their hearts coming from Philippians 2, from Sing the Bible 2. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. Randall Goodgame, the creator of Sing the Bible, is still with us. Randall, why do you want to help kids as well as adults remember God's Word? You know, there's nothing like the Word of God to help us remember how much He loves us and who, what he thinks of us, you know, to, to help us remember the story that we've been written into here in, in eternity. And so when we, when we listen over and over to his word and we get it in our hearts, it just transforms us. There's just no question about it. And so um, I always say these songs serve me first, but I have just heard countless times from families, kids, parents, grandparents, how uh, these songs have helped them to hide it in their heart so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to mind when they need. And um, so as, as long as I keep hearing that story, I'm going to keep making these records. 
Well, Randall, I'm so pleased that you made this new Sing the Bible 4 along with the first three. And I want our listeners to experience the joy of your music with the children in their lives. So whether you have the music on in the car, heading to school or heading to church or it's playing when you're doing chores around the house, the kids around you are going to memorize Scripture in a fun way. I think you will, too, by the way. So after this program, I want to encourage everyone who has any children around them to get in touch with us today. Make your minimum gift to Haven Today and ask for the set of Sing the Bible, Volumes 1 to 4. Or if you just like the new Volume 4 CD, we can send that for your gift as well. Our number to call after the program is 865-HAVEN. 865 Haven. Or you can go online, listen to samples, watch videos that we've shot with Randall, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And stay with me. A little later on, we're going to hear from a music teacher who's been blessed by the Sing the Bible series. And she's an adult. You're listening to Haven Today. The series is called Rejoicing in the Lord. It is only in Philippians that we find Paul writing, For I Know. Just two words in Greek, but the significance behind the three words in English could fill many books. It's filled one, at least, the book of Job. Many of us know Job's story. He was righteous. He followed God. He turned away from evil. Yet he suffered terribly. Just about the entire book of Job is him arguing with his so-called friends. They think he deserved to suffer. He insisted he was innocent. And of course, we know now that Job was right. And at the height of their arguments, Job said, For I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the end, he will stand on the earth after my skin has been destroyed. Yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Now, did you hear that right at the beginning? For I know. Job, in the midst of intense suffering that he didn't deserve, he says a phrase that Paul, sitting in prison, suffering for the gospel, repeated as he expressed deep joy and confidence that the Lord would save him. Can you? say that? When your life is chaotic, maybe you're going through it even now. Can you say, for I know, like Paul, like Job, even when the darkness doesn't seem to be leaving? Job was a man full of faith, and certainly so was Paul. And Paul wasn't shy about telling us where his confidence came from. It came from the name, the name of Christ. All through Philippians, Paul shows us that our joy and our hope is found in Christ. And there might not be a clearer passage in Philippians than in the second chapter, verses 5 to 11. Let me just read this little passage with you. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. 
He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. What you just heard is called the Christ hymn, Philippians 2, 5-11. Many theologians think it was a hymn that was written in the days of the ancient church and sung by the first Christians, these lines, worshiping Jesus Christ. Paul uses it here, or maybe he's the one who wrote it, to remind the Philippians of just how glorious Christ is. He had just been speaking about humility, counting others as more valuable than himself, looking to the interests of others, committed to loving a neighbor. Humility looks outside of itself to those around us. Humility is rooted in the love of Christ for us. So it's no wonder that Paul moves from humility and our joy in Christ to this hymn that praises Christ for his own act of humble sacrifice. There are five little moments in this Christ hymn that show us why our joy and our hope can be anchored in what he has done for us. Five little moments that lead us through the entire story of Christ and his gospel. The first moment puts us back before Christmas. Paul says that Jesus was in very nature God. And this is what Christians have believed for 2,000 years. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And what does John 1 tell us? The Word was God. This Word is Jesus, the Son of God, or better yet, God the Son. When we think of God, we need to include Christ, highly exalted, worthy of all praise and honor, the glorious one who deserves our highest praise and worship. But the humility of Christ shines through. He didn't consider equality with God a thing to be held on to or used for his own advantage. What did Paul mean? He meant that Christ is God, but he was willing to leave the glory and the praise behind to save us. We serve, we worship a sacrificial God, one who stepped down to save us. This first moment reminds us who our Lord is. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to give us access to the Father. The second moment shows us the lengths he was willing to go. He made himself nothing. Paul says, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. This is high praise. But it might not sound like it. Being a servant in those days was not highly respected. It was not something anyone aspired to. But this is what Christ did. He humbled himself. He let go of the glory and praise that was rightfully his. He humbled himself. A lot of people have questions about this little moment, the moment of the Incarnation. Was Christ emptying himself? Was he giving up his divine nature to become a human being? No, of course he wasn't. Remember what the text tells us on how this happened? He humbled himself. He made himself nothing by taking on the appearance of a servant. 
Christ's incarnation wasn't giving up his nature. It was adding another, the human nature. Now, this is important to remember. Jesus didn't stop being God just because he came to earth. He took on a second nature. He humbled himself, and our humility is rooted in his. And that leads to a third moment, the moment of death. Good Friday, which we remember just a couple of weeks ago, Christ humbled himself to the point of death, even the death on a cross. And when we hear that, we might miss how radical that was. It was already a shock to say the Son of God took on the appearance of a servant. They were low, lower than low. But to say he was crucified is to say Christ was the lowest of the lowest. Only criminals were crucified. And so we have emotion within the moments from highly exalted, the Son of God, full of glory, all praise to his name, down, down, down to becoming a lowly servant, and then even more down to suffering the death of a criminal. Now, that's humility, and this was all for us. The fourth moment, therefore, God has highly exalted him, gave him the highest name, exalted him to the highest place, from highly exalted to servant, to the lowest death of a criminal, back to the highest place, back to exaltation, but This time, it's in a resurrection body. And that means this time, it's opening the way for us, you and me, to overcome death and sin in our own lives. The Lord highly exalted Christ and gave him a name above all names. The name of Christ is unmatched because it's the name of Christ that brings us salvation and resurrection. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, and this brings me to the fifth moment. Christ was up. He came down. In his resurrection, he has now been exalted back up. And now we bow down. Every knee will bow to Christ. Every tongue will confess he is Lord. He has been exalted for our sake because in his resurrection, he brings us up with him. As Paul says in another one of his letters, Ephesians, in Christ's resurrection, he has seated us in the heavenly places. But before we get there, we bow our knees, we confess his name, we praise him, and we rejoice that he has accomplished our salvation. There will come a day when everyone will bow to the Lord, but we Christians get the privilege of bowing now, already. We Christians confess his name now, and that means we will be with him forever. Christ, the Son of God, humbled himself to the cross and has now been exalted in his resurrection. We humble ourselves too, not to die for others, but to spend our lives in service to Christ, to count others more significant than ourselves, and all of that to the praise and honor of Christ. This is where our joy is found, in Christ, always in Christ, only in Christ. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, what is good. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require? 
for children, but we all need to hide Micah 6-8 in our hearts, don't we? Randall Goodgate from his newest album called Sing the Bible 4. I'm Charles Morris here on this Hayden Today. Yesterday, we heard from a child who loved the Sing the Bible series and had memorized scripture because of it. Before we have to go, I wanted you to hear from a music teacher who's using Sing the Bible with her own children to teach them scripture. Cammie Panther has taught on the high school and college level, but now she's homeschooling her three boys. Cammie, please tell us why you find Sing the Bible so unique. Standard children's music is dumbed down to a an elementary level that's unnecessary. So usually you'll have a really simple melody with the standard three chords of Christian music um, underneath it. And it is catchy and it does stick in your mind, but it, in a really annoying sort of way. And the thing that is so different about Sing the Bible is the melody is simple enough to remember. However, it is not um, so predictable. There are some certain little turns that if you don't know the melody, I mean, it's unique. Um, But underneath the melody are incredibly complex rhythmic and harmonic structures that um, are really I just call it delicious. That's a musician's, you know, way of thinking of it. It's delicious to the ear. And one of the things that really stands out to me with Sing the Bible is there are large chunks of scripture. And usually when you have scripture songs, it's like one verse and he does large chunks of scripture. And you're thinking kids can't memorize this, but because we are so well made to memorize words and music together, you can memorize these large chunks of scripture. And they're very important texts as well. Thanks so much for joining us again on the program, Cammie. Now, I want you and also the children in your life to enjoy the music 
on the Sing the Bible CD series, The Way Cammy and Her Boys Are. These CDs will help you share what you believe about the Bible and Jesus, and it will help them hide God's Word in their hearts in a fun way. And I think you'll be encouraged by God's Word through the music as well. So right now, I want to encourage anyone who has any children in their lives, parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, Sunday school teacher, pastor, neighbor, whatever, get in touch with us, make your minimum gift to Haven today, but ask for the Sing the Bible Volumes 1 through 4 CD collection. Our number you can call, and please do it right now. Don't let the weekend get started without you doing it. The number's 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can go online, and when you do, watch the little video that I shot with Randall and his daughter, where they tried to teach me one of their songs from one of their CDs, and you can listen to samples from all four of the albums as well. And then, make your minimum gift, or more, at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you'd just like to have the new Sing the Bible 4 CD, we have that for your gift of any amount. And a final note, we're still sending 100% of your gifts for refugee relief to Mission Eurasia, who's helping in Ukraine right now. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Why don't you pray about how much you can give to help share food and hope in Jesus? 100% of your gifts will go directly to help those in need. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Won't you come back again on Monday when again we get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When it comes to children, saying something once means saying it twice. They need the rules drilled into their heads, don't they? Without that structure, everything would be in disarray. Rules are a good thing. God's rules are too. We call it the law and the commandments. As Deuteronomy tells us, these commandments are life to you and give you wisdom. But the law is meant to drive us away from ourselves to Jesus, the only one who can follow the rules. The commandment is life, but we can't obey it. So we find life in Christ alone. He did what we can't ever do. Perfect obedience, perfect submission to the law, a perfect life offered up for our sake. Get closer to Jesus daily. Visit getanchor.com.